One of the most powerful books about the Vietnam War is a collection of fictional short stories about the reality of war. It's called The Things They Carry by Tim O'Brien. Many high school kids read it not as part of their Vietnam War studies, but rather in English class during the lesson plan on metaphors. Each soldier in the book carries a heavy burden of the obvious items, a gun, ammunition, sleeping gear. But these are not the things O'Brien wants us to know and remember about what these men carry. One man carries a smooth pebble his wife sent him. She found it walking along the Jersey Shore. He touches it often, and the touch will ignite a memory or a fantasy. Not that he needs reminding, but another soldier carries a thumb of a Vietnam soldier he killed. For others, the thing they carry is emotional, guilt, shame. Often these emotional burdens feel far heavier than any other object in their packs. As we close out the most devastating year in my own lifetime, I've been thinking about the battles we fought, how many we lost to the war with covid not seeing family and friends, a world without hugs, and the sheer panic of a virus that continues to terrorize us each and every day. It's fair game to consider 2020 through the lens of war, by the way. By April of 2021, the CDC projects the deaths from COVID will surpass the total American lives lost in World War II, over 400,000. Each and every one of us has been touched by the horrors of 2020 and are different as a result in profound ways. And so what are the things we will carry into this new year? That's a question I considered as I watched the ball drop in an eerily empty Times Square. It's kind of a different question from that standard, what are your New Year's resolutions? And so today I'd like to offer you my own reflections on the things I'm carrying into 2021 and how they might help me navigate this new year. I'm hoping that my reflections will propel you to consider this question as well. What are the things you will carry into 2021? Greetings and welcome to Nonprofits Are Messy. I'm your host, Joan Gary, founder of the Nonprofit Leadership Lab, where we help smaller nonprofits thrive. I'm also a strategic advisor for executive directors and boards of larger nonprofits. I'm a frequent keynote speaker, a blogger, and an author on all things leadership and management. Learn more at joangary.com. I'm a woman with a mission to fuel the leadership of the nonprofit sector. My goal with each episode is to dig deep into an issue I know that nonprofit leaders are grappling with by finding just the right person to offer you insights and advice. Today, it turns out that that right person is me. So what things am I carrying? I'll begin with two hints. Hint number one is I am saving the most important one for last. And hint number two, those of you who know me know that we have a new kitten at our house. I believe this trend was called the pandemic pet. Rafa is unbearably cute and fun, but he is not the most important thing I'm carrying into 2021. So here we go. Number one, I'll start with the obvious. I'm carrying an ample supply of masks and hand sanitizer into 2021. Regardless of vaccines, I'll be using both in 2021 as regularly as I did throughout 2020. It may be a new year, but 2020 was actually just yesterday. Number two, I'm carrying a big, fat dose of reality. You see, it's real now for me. I am no longer young. 
In fact, in March of 2020, I came out as an older American with underlying conditions. Before that, I was sure that the eight-year-old trapped inside of me that peeks out from time to time would seize the day. But nope. This dose of reality led me to update and execute my will, and I even know which drawer it's in. And I am hoping that the dose of reality I am carrying will keep me and my loved ones safe, will ground me in the reality that life is short, and that I will do what I can to squeeze every bit of juice out of it. Number three, I am carrying 19 pounds. Yes, it's called the COVID-19 I gained during 2020. I'd like to think I'll be carrying them for only some of this year, but I'm making no promises. Number four, grief. Lots of it. So much death. People dying alone, friends dying. Families working to hold it together as they struggle with anxiety and distance. People waiting in line at food pantries for hours. People waiting on those lines for the first times in their lives. The loss of physical touch. God, even our beloved cat died this year. I'm carrying grief because it's real, but I'm also carrying it to remember. We can never forget. Number five. A pulse oximeter. Okay, I've confused you, right? So I've owned one of these for years. I have a chronic respiratory condition, and I need to track my lung function regularly, especially when I exercise. And so, of course, I will be carrying it into 2021. But there is another profoundly important reason I'm carrying it. It is how I will keep our society's racial divide front and center, how I will remind myself to stay on the journey of recognizing my biases, of learning and growing and deepening my understanding so that I can work to be part of the solution. You're still confused, aren't you? So my wife pointed me to a New York Times article last week about inequities in our health system. And I learned something powerful that added to my understanding of how COVID has disproportionately devastated communities of color. The article was about the pulse ox. You see, it reads dark pigment tones differently. It gives dark pigment tones a higher rating. Are you with me? Yes. A white woman and a black woman in an ER, equally struggling to breathe. Each gets a pulse ox reading. The black woman's pulse ox read is inflated. It's higher, higher than it actually is. And so who is treated first? The black woman says, I can't breathe. But the numbers tell a different story. The pulse ox I carry will remind me that my black and brown neighbors can't breathe. And in 2020, we saw it in real time. Murders, protests, riots, so much anger, so much hurt. It doesn't have to be this way. Shame on all of us if 2020 becomes the year we pat ourselves on the back for reading one of the New York Times bestsellers about race equity and then calling it a day. We need to do our work. And I am hoping that carrying my pulse ox will remind me to stay on this journey. Number six, I'm carrying anger. Anger at leaders who failed us. 
elected officials who chose self-interest over the real meaning of public service. Anger at the notion that masks could be a political statement. I looked in the mirror this year and I saw so many Americans I didn't recognize, and not because they had masks on, but because they didn't. I'm mad at myself for being naive. I really thought we were better than this. And so I'm carrying anger into 2021, but not for its own sake. I want to believe that the anger I carry is catalytic. I certainly know it is for every nonprofit leader listening to this podcast. Sitting in the stands and being angry is a waste of time. If it propels you to action, then it was a very important means to an end. Number seven, a Zoom screenshot of my 93-year-old aunt and a dozen of my cousins. My old friend John Huffman has a documentary on Amazon Prime about kindness. It's called The Antidote. The film aims to drive a national conversation about the roles that kindness, decency, compassion, and respect play in a civilized, democratic society. You should watch it. You probably have time. In 2020, I experienced kindness and saw its power in a very personal way. My mom was an identical twin, and she passed away on Election Day 2016. Yes, it was a double whammy at my house. Her twin sister is going strong at 93. My Aunt Kathy is a voracious reader. She lives in assisted living and spent nearly all of 2020 on lockdown. She has seven kids and a gazillion grands and greats. That's what she calls them. Oh, I should probably mention that she had a bunch of brothers and sisters, and so I am one of 27 first cousins. Anyway, my cousin Jean, by the way, I need Jean to meet John Hoffman, the documentary filmmaker I mentioned. I'm pretty sure she is one of the single kindest people I know. My cousin Jean and I cooked up a book club, the Conlon 27 Book Club. What started as a kindness to my Aunt Kathy became a gift to all of us who have participated. We're carrying it into 2021. Our first meeting is already set for January, and I have my fingers crossed we'll be celebrating my aunt's first vaccine dose. During COVID lockdown, I took time from Netflix binging to rewrite my book, Joan Gary's Guide to Nonprofit Leadership. I wanted to make sure that board and staff leaders had a new guide to help them to navigate a very different world, one where old rules don't apply and some new rules will be critical to thriving. This version is now in paperback, and you can learn more at book.joangary.com. As the founder of the Nonprofit Leadership Lab, the best online resource for board and staff leaders of small nonprofits, I have the privilege of hearing the stories of the remarkable work being done every single day by an amazing group of kind and generous leaders around the globe. I want you to hear their stories, too. Uplifting and inspiring. Now, there's something we could use a whole lot more of, right? And that's why I want to introduce you to the Leadership Lab's own podcast, Your Nonprofit Life. In each episode, our lab's director of member experience, Laura Zelke, interviews a leader of a small nonprofit, offering you the opportunity to hear about their unique path into the sector, learn about the important work they're doing, and be inspired by their passion and determination to change the world in ways large and small. Sample this dose of hope at yournonprofitlife.com, or you can find it on your favorite podcast app. Number eight. 
I'm carrying hope. Hope about a vaccine. Hope about the return of empathy and compromise into our political system. Hope that people will remember that life is short. That people will look beyond themselves and ask themselves, how can I help? What can I do? Can I volunteer? Can I write a check? Can I make a meal for my elderly neighbor? A hope that people will no longer be complacent to watch life pass them by. That regardless of faith, maybe they will read up on the Jewish principle of tikkun olam. It tells us we are actually here on this earth for the sole purpose of repairing the world. It's why God put us here. Now, whatever your conscience tells you or however your faith guides you, here's to the world of good deeds. As the Wizard of Oz tells the Tin Man, Back where I come from, there are people who do nothing all day but good deeds. They are called Flora. They're called good deed doers. Here's to good deed doers. Number nine, a bumper sticker of a small orange superhero. I hope you don't care that I don't have a list of an even 10. It's nine, and as I said at the beginning, I'm saving the most important for last. I proudly display this bumper sticker on the back of my dark green Mini Cooper Countryman. By the way, the, Cooper, the Cooper's nickname is Kermit. It's the green thing, and for any of those of you who have read my book, you'll know I have a thing about Kermit. I believe he has consummate leadership attributes, but I digress. This bumper sticker of this superhero is something I will carry into 2021. It is a symbol, a symbol of the commitment I am making to support and champion nonprofit leaders as I have in the past, but this year to go one step further, to educate and advocate for you, to promote your work, and in so doing, to get more folks out of the stands and onto the field of meaning, purpose, hope, and yes, kindness. This bumper sticker is like the tattoo I will never in a million years get, a commitment to keep the nonprofit sector front and center in 2021. Because it was in 2020, but people didn't see it the way that I did. The nonprofit sector represents the third largest driver of the American economy behind food and retail and before American manufacturing. 12.3 million jobs. I estimate that over 60 million, yes, 60 million Americans worked for a nonprofit in 2020, either paid or unpaid as a volunteer. Everywhere you look, you will find the mark of the nonprofit sector. But you actually have to look. Borrow my glasses and see my view. Emily Long Gary, Emma Catazone, frontline workers at risk every day in a hospital, a nonprofit. Ronnie Pressman, a cantorial assistant at Temple near Tamid in Bloomfield, introducing creativity to a virtual Shabbat service. That temple, a nonprofit. The film festival that went virtual. The Orchestra of St. Luke's bringing music and beauty to an ugly world. All nonprofits, the library, the museum, the Y, the arts education program for kids, the Quaker school, nonprofits, each and every one of them, the bedrock of what makes our society 
civil, what makes our society a community. I didn't intentionally leave out social services, homeless shelters, food pantries, the hospice workers who held the hands of loved ones who died alone. Crushed with a lack of resources and exponential demand, we saw them on the nightly news, right? They were the last three minutes of hope in every grim newscast. The sector is about social services and about so much more. Can I go back to number six for a moment? That was anger. Anger as a catalyst. I have to tell you, I am angry about how people talk about folks who work or volunteer for nonprofits. I hear these things all the time. Isn't it nice that Tom volunteers on the board of the Spring Lake Five? Or isn't it nice that Margaret makes masks for frontline healthcare workers? I wish I had the time. Enough already. I'm sick of the nice thing. Yes, of course it's nice. But when I think nice, I think about bringing Tom and Marge next door a quart of the mushroom barley soup we made. You're a nonprofit leader. You're listening. I know you. You're really, really nice. Of course you are. But nice just doesn't cut it, not all by itself. Nonprofit leaders like you, you save lives, you change laws, you find cures for illnesses, you bring beauty to our broken world. You are what makes our society human and kind. Maybe you'll share this podcast and ask folks you know to listen. Maybe folks you know who are in the stands, ask them to join us. The nonprofit sector needs more hands, more hearts, more checkbooks. The nonprofit sector is the antidote to what ails our society. And I'm going to be a real truth teller here. If you are not helping a .org, you're dropping the ball. You have an obligation, as my hero Fred Rogers would say, to the people in your neighborhood, the ones on your block and the ones halfway around the world. And to the nonprofit leaders who are listening, staff, volunteers, donors, board members, Please know that I feel so privileged that you are in my neighborhood. And if you're in my neighborhood and you see a green Mini Cooper on the road with a little orange superhero bumper sticker and New Jersey plates, that's me, your champion, your advocate. Count on me to be your champion, your advocate, to do what I can to make 2021 the year of the .org because the world is counting on you. Hey, thanks for spending time with me today. I hope you found the conversation valuable as you navigate the messy world of nonprofits. Check out all my other resources at joangary.com. Hope you find them helpful too. Lastly, thanks for the work you do to repair the world in ways large and small. I'll see you next time.